Welcome back to the Virtus Performance Podcast as we approach the end of season three. I've been on the podcast for a few weeks in a row now. Yeah, good to, you're, good to get you're doing some, well. Good to get some continuity in. Ramping up. And you might hear by the voice, we've got our first dual guest of season three. Claire Power is back again. Yes, I am. Thanks, Thanks for coming back. Again. Oh, pleasure. It's What's good. been happening in your world since the last time we had you on the podcast? Um, it's been busy. It's been great, though. Really busy with nutrition, which I'm loving. Like, really nice, diverse bunch of clients. Yeah. You so. seem to be pumping, like, seminars and, like, team yeah, projects. Yeah, done some corporate seminars now, which have been brilliant. Um, a few sporting clubs as well. So, yeah, it's nice getting out and um, working with different bunches of people. Yeah. Yeah, networking. Yeah. What are some of the main teachings you've been trying to pass on to those groups? I think for the sporting clubs, um, they usually want to know how to fuel right for their mm. for their sport and how to recover better. Um, and go, I always love myth busting as well. Like especially this time of year, there's so much out there. Like you know, all these fads kind of sifting through all of that. That's really empowering for me to teach it and for these people to learn. Um, and I think with um, corporate seminars, I focus on that as well, but also managing things like stress and sleep. So. Um, and trying to improve the immunity as well of um, the workforce because the workforce has just taken such a beating over the past oh, few yeah. years. So people are are really looking now into corporate wellness. Like they're putting a lot, they're investing a lot more. Yeah, into it's it. like it's an expense that makes sense. So like if yeah. you look after your workers and make sure that they're healthy and they're not sick and you know injured, then they're going to pay you back tenfold. Exactly. Yeah. It's a pretty good segue into why you're here. You said it has been a hectic year, and you touched on stress there. Mm. That's why we have got you into the uh, studio. I say the studio, it's just our little boardroom. <laughs> um, it's getting to a time of year that is pretty hectic. Like it's a relaxing time of year and it's good that we connect and touch base with loved ones and unwind a little bit, but it is a stressful time of year. Yeah. So we've got you on the podcast just to chat about stress. I guess what it is, the acute and long-term effects of chronic stress. Some things that our listeners can do to help sort of negate that and I guess the importance of stressing what you do as a nutritionist, uh, yeah. as a nutrition coach, do you first want to touch on that and why, you, why you're so big on stress modulation in what you do? Because I guess from an outsider looking in, you'd think, oh, yeah. Claire, you're just a nutritionist. Like, why do you care so much about stress? That's right. And when, I, when people come in for the initial consultation, I do spend quite a lot of time talking to them about their mental health, and their levels of stress. Um, and if they're comfortable with, them, with it, I really try and dig quite deep because... <clears throat> for me, if somebody's stressed or tired or depressed, um, following any kind of plan is just going to be so, so much harder. I mean, if anyone thinks about the last time they were stressed, how it affected the way they move, how much they move and how they eat and maybe how much they start relying on things like alcohol or whatever it may be. Um, it's it's the foundation of <clears throat> my work. You know, if if those things are happening, I can't expect you to be following any kind of plan successfully yeah. really yeah so it's more like an adherence sort of thing like how well they're going to adhere to a certain plan that you give them exactly and this is pretty this is probably an obnoxious question for me but is it going to have any sort of interference on the way that their body sort of handles certain foods or perhaps absorbs nutrients like is there any sort of yeah well um a big one i see is irritable bowel syndrome so um lots of gut issues um people can be experiencing and when I get scratched beneath the surface, their levels of stress are quite high and that's just playing havoc with their guts. Yep. And also there's some research out that out there now that suggests um, 
when we do suffer from stress, like particularly chronic stress, it can really deplete our nu- nutrient stores. <clears throat> yeah, so it's the sort of thing that you don't may not notice, like in the short term, but it's you know, decades down the track that these, you know, this chronic exposure to stress can really start to wreak havoc yeah, on you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. There's one actually. I remember a quote now. <laughs> Here we go. Um, someone once said to me. Um, Genetics load the gun, but your environment pulls the trigger. And yep. I just think that's, yeah, that's so, so true. If you yeah. listen to the Quickfire 30 episode, uh, Claire was really struggling to think <laughs> of quotes. And we uh, we agreed that we're, we're big quote people, but like we're not ones that just have them stored in the back of our brain and can just yep. fire them off like that. Um, so I guess for our listeners, like we all know what stress is. And I think most people, they just think, oh, it's, you know, it's work stress, it's relationship stress. But what what is stress? And you know, how can we, and you know, what's the best way that you believe we can just define that for our listeners? Well, there's two different kinds of stress. There's acute stress. So if we feel frightened or we're nervous before an interview or something, that's, that puts us into fight or flight mode. And, and that's, we're equipped for that as humans. Like we release the, the right hormones, adrenaline and cortisol, and that's what makes us either fight or run away. And we, we're used to that. You know, the stress peaks and it goes away. Um, but chronic stress is when we have kind of smaller stresses that are just happening over and over and basically our stress response system just gets fatigued basically mm. and our, our body reacts to that in a negative way. Yeah. Like one of my absolute favourite quotes is, I can't, I can't remember who, by and where I heard this, but it was, humans aren't wired to be always wired and that's a really, really good way to explain that chronic stress thing like yeah we're really well equipped to deal with short bursts of stress because it goes all the way back to i guess when we were living in the jungle and hunter gatherers however many thousands of years ago when we needed to run away from predators or we needed to catch our food Mm. you get that little burst of cortisol adrenaline like whatever hormones it is in that stress response and that helps you you and gives you a little boost to get away from a predator or catch your food whatever but again we're not always wired or we're not wired to be always no. getting hit with those bursts of um, hormones and then yeah long term it can cause some havoc do you want to go into a bit of detail about the um, harm that chronic stress can have on yeah. the organism yeah well not only like I said it impacts the, your choices so it impacts how much exercise you might do how much sleep you get your food choices your alcohol dependency things like that um, which are going to have negative health implications um, for example we can gain weight, our body p- composition becomes unfavorable, um, it can push our blood pressure up. If we're not eating right, then we can run into problems with um, long-term diabetes, obesity, and uh, blood, like cholesterol can, can go up as well. So there's serious health implications, mm. and inflammation is huge as well. Stress is a big cause of inflammation in the body, um, which then has you know, those same knock-on effects, yeah. And I guess it makes sense, like, when you think back to hunter-gatherer time, like, increasing blood pressure and, like, increased, like, you know, alertness and all these things. Like, again, they're these physiological changes that can help you, you know, escape and escape with your life from a predator. But, yeah. again, like, just getting bombarded with that over and over and over, it's going gonna, it's gonna to catch up with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, tired and wired is what I used to describe a lot of people I see who are suffering from stress. Yeah, that's how they feel. That sums it up for them. Yeah. Um. We'll just touch on the types of stresses quickly before we go into, I guess, what we can do to, I guess, negate chronic stress and uh, a thing called hormesis, which we'll touch on in a bit. Um, but there are a few different types of stress because, as we said before, it's not just 
what people think that they think it's work stress or when you're stuck in traffic or you've got the shits with a friend or a partner like there are and what you're going to realize is everything is a stress like literally everything is a stress but it's the amplitude of that stress which is going to determine how much it's going to fuck with you i guess and like we have physical stress we're like training is a stressor yeah yeah but it's good stress Mm, it's stress is the poison but it's also the cure which Mm. we'll touch on in a bit um do you want to touch on nutritional stress? Because, again, that's another physical stressor. Like any absorbed substance can, you know, be a stressor. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, if we have um, a poor diet, then we're going to miss out on nutrients. And we need that full complement of nutrients for everything to, to work in our body. Like on a biological level, we need that. We need everything there so it functions optimally. Yeah, so if we're having a poor diet, then we're going to miss out on those nutrients. And we can, you know... Long term, it can lead to deficiencies, um, which are not good. And people often don't even know they have a deficiency till they have bloods done, yep. correct it, and then feel amazing. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, and then also the food choices we might be consuming more processed foods, you know, which are going to lead to inflammation. So refined too too many refined carbs. Mm. I'm not a carb phobe, but too many refined carbs yep. and sugars. Um, that's just everything in moderation eh? yeah Yeah. and trans fats as well like if we're looking for junk food for whatever reason then we're going to be consuming more trans fats which are just you know our body doesn't like them (laughs) we shouldn't be consuming them often at all so yeah yeah and i guess it's all connected hey so that's going to increase your stress and that's going to increase the uh I guess permeability of your gut and it's going to be linked to things such as irritable bowel syndrome, like you said, and it's just all connected, hey? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And some foods can directly affect our stress. You know, if if we are running high on stress, too much caffeine is only going to exacerbate that feeling as well and blood pressure is going to go up and breathing is going to go up. Um, so some foods can have an immediate effect on your stress levels. Like I, I'm one that like loves coffee, loves caffeine, but... I'll always sort of audit, I guess, my life and sort of where I'm at. And if I've had a really, really hectic or stressful few weeks and I'm feeling really, really wired, then I'm probably going to try and avoid coffee for about a week because I know caffeine, that sharply spikes your cortisol sort of more than almost any substance on the planet. Yeah, that's right. And all these foods we seek out when we are stressed or tired, um, like alcohol, for example, you know, it gives you such a short-term fix, but the long-term effects are just only going to make it worse yeah but yet that's what we seek out you know caffeine processed food alcohol yeah uh do you want to touch on mental stresses for the audience oh that i mean like you said it can come from so many different areas in your life yeah but i think um the impact of things like social media um is not helping i think sadly we're seeing such a loss now of human connection like because I mean, even kids now—they're just on screens the whole time, and we're yeah, we're just not having that human connection anymore. Like I was in a waiting room the other day, and everyone was on their phone, and I just thought, this is so sad. You know, before phones, you would have had, you would have said hi to the person next to you, or maybe you would have paid someone a compliment and made their day. You know, and that's just not happening. But yet, human connection—we know that that is fundamental for our, our happiness, our well-being. And I think it's such a shame. And also um, the dopamine we get from using social media mm. as well. Like we used to, dopamine is our reward chemical. So we used to get a dopamine fix 
by like achieving a task or helping someone out or doing something that makes us feel good gives us reward but now we get a dopamine fix from a like on social media yeah so like it used to be like this delayed gratification sort of thing yeah, and now it's just instant 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 instant, instant. yeah and I guess touching back on those micro stresses that can chronically build up and wreak havoc I guess social media and phones and notifications just going ding 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 all day all day i guess that is there's a little micro stressor that over years and decades it's going to build up and start to really yeah yeah cause a bit of havoc and it's escapism as well like looking getting lost in your phone is escapism for a lot of people who are suffering from stress because when you're looking at your phone like watching a movie or anything you know you you're just taken away from whatever is causing the stress. So we're not dealing with it. Instead of confronting it, you're just running away and hiding. Yeah, We just get our phones out, feel nervous, feel worried, anxious. You just get your phone out so you don't have to deal with it. Yeah, it's it's an experience I had a few weeks ago. I just had had a hectic sort of couple of weeks and I tried to meditate, tried to sit there and meditate and all I could do and all I wanted to do was just reach for my phone and like as soon as things got a bit... A bit uncomfortable in the meditation, or I got a bit bored, or anxious, or sad. I just wanted to grab the phone and like start scrolling. But it's, it's you're right. It's escapism. Yeah, yeah, like, it is. Yeah, literally, you're not not confronting what you're feeling. No, and it's it's the same. It's the same as using alcohol or, or gaming. You know, it's 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 another addiction basically that we're using to escape. Yeah. Um, we'll touch on hormesis. So hormesis is essentially. It's a way we like condition ourselves to be better equipped at coping with stresses. And there's a number of things we can do, like training, as we touched on before, physical training is a type of hormesis. Um, Are there any other types of hormesis that you like and recommend to your clients? There are so many ways um, to help yourself. Um, And I think actually we're at a good time, even though people are suffering more with stress and mental health the health system is overwhelmed right so people aren't getting in to see psychologists and getting the help they need so they're being forced to explore other methods of helping so breath work is one that I'm recommending to a lot of clients I found I've used it and it blew me away it was so powerful so I'm a big advocate for that and recommending that for people um and there's so many therapies it's hot and cold therapy um and I also just recommend for people like self-love as well. People, I, for a long time, was like, well, what, does, what does that actually mean? But it, for me, it means um, like honouring your body and your mind and taking the time for you to do stuff that you enjoy, like fill your cup. Yeah. Stop putting everyone else first for a moment in time or a day, even better, a day, and do the things that you love to do and fill, fill your cup. Absolutely. And I think people get confused with self-love as well and they think it's like eating a huge block of chocolate and like drinking, getting pissed, like, and, you know, like, yeah, sure, like if there are things you enjoy doing, everything in moderation, but like real self-love for me is, as you said, filling your cup up and stop serving other people and putting time on yourself so you can train, get a really, really good night's sleep, drink lots of water, like that's that's true self-love in mine. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Hey, you touched on breathwork. Uh, any sort of forms of breathwork types? Do you have any sort of protocols for the listeners? Um, well, the, I've tried like the Wim Hof and things like that. It didn't really go that well for me. But uh, So I explored guided breathwork, which yep. 
we did together one time. Um, so you've got a breathwork instructor who you lie down, get cosy. It's all really nice. It's not confronting. It's not scary in any way. Um, and they guide you through it. And for me, you know, any trauma that's there or any stresses that are there, um, if you're ready, they, they come up and you just can't help but have this amazing relief release um and things yeah things come up and you go oh yeah I have a completely different perspective on that now I'm gonna I'm gonna react to that differently now you can see how you should be reacting yeah. to something so it was very very powerful for me that but it had to be guided I couldn't it's not something for me that I can use an app and just go and do by myself yep. yeah maybe after having guided breath work for a while you were able to do that you really need that facilitator sort of in the room? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And I think, um, I mean, if you're doing ice, you know, ice bathing or something, then I would definitely rely on my breath to get me through something like that, yeah. But that's almost um, natural instinct anyway. You kind of got to listen to your body for that one. I'm one that's had like a lot of success with like a Wim Hof and that's both guided and unguided. And with the guided version, there's literally just like a YouTube video. It's like a 10-minute YouTube and Wim Hof himself just like guide you through mm. it. But if for those that don't know, it's literally so 30 really, really deep inhales. So he'll say fully in. And it's like a, just almost a sigh to exhale because I think where people go wrong with their Wim Hof breathing is they're just. And I've just made everyone deaf that's wearing earphones that's listening to this. It's hyperventilating. Yeah, it's <laughs> hyperventilating. But. Essentially, when we breathe in and take air into our lungs, it's going to be hard for the people that aren't watching this on YouTube to see what I'm doing with my hands, but like your thoracic cavity like expands a little bit. And when that space expands, the size of your heart will actually get bigger. And there's a little thing in there called sinoatrial node. So it detects the heart getting bigger, sends a signal to the brain and then back to the heart. And then the blood, f- blood flow through that heart will actually increase. So when you bias big inhales, you actually increasing your alertness and then the opposite is true for exhales so i find when people want to calm themselves down or you're lying in bed and you're struggling to sleep sometimes biasing those really big long exhales is a good way to just calm the system slow that blood flow Mm. and relax i think if you've never done it before a good place to start is to observe the way you breathe like particularly when you have a stressor an acute stressor observe how you're breathing and then you'll be you'll notice that you're only breathing in this very top half yeah, of your body very like shallow and shallow yep. yeah and and how and observe how that's making you feel physically as well that's a good place to start just raise awareness of how you're breathing in the first place you touched on ice bath before what, yeah. what are your experiences with cold oh. exposure because we haven't got you in the bath here at Virtus. i've done it once oh, have you yeah, i missed out i did it once nice um oh I'm not uh, not crazy for it, not mad for it. I have other other ways of re- you know helping reduce my stress. Yeah, I don't think I don't think yet it's for me. But a very good friend of mine is deeply into it and breath work, and he's determined. He's actually on Friday going to start taking me through these things. So is this, I'm uh, open-minded. Is this Anna's husband? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to get him on the podcast. Actually, yes, you should. We'll let yeah. you host that one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, where was I going with that? Uh, you had other methods of cold exposure. You said I remember. 
I can't think it was lockdown time. You got to the bay every morning. Yeah, I actually, if I'm going to do cold, I prefer to do it in, in the bay because I like um, being in nature. And there's a few more distractions in the bay as well. Yeah, so we should stay within. <laughs> but you know, I do like being in nature. Yeah. So for mine, like I'm the total opposite. I, I do love myself a bay swim, but like now that we've got the ice bath here at Virtus, it's like. I could just do a three-minute bath or I could go in the bay and it's going to be windy and I'm going to get sandy. And like, hey, maybe I'm just being a bitch about it. But <laughs> Well, I love the beach. Like, yeah. I grew up in England, no, nowhere near the water. So for me, it's of still a novelty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's not going to wear off anytime soon. <laughs> no, no. Whereas I, I grew up in Hamilton and then went to Ballarat. And we, had, we had no beaches, yeah. but yeah, no, the novelty's probably worn off now. Yeah. <laughs> um, we touched on breathing and noticing the way you breathe when you are in stress and you see it when people hop into the ice bath for the first time ever and you see like what happens to their breath, they, their shoulders, they go up near their ears and they're like almost hyperventilating, they can't even breathe. So one thing we tell them to do, mm. which I touched on before, is to slow your exhales down and that's going to help calm the system. That blood, blood flow through the heart's going to slow down if you can just slow the exhales, nice deep inhale, exhale. And that's just going to calm the system. Whereas what do people do when they hop in the ice bath, which is an incredibly stressful situation. Your body's literally trying not to freeze. Yeah. They hyperventilate mm. and they go into that state of stress, eh? Mm. Well, it, you know, it hurts. Yeah. Yeah, that that intensity. It, it's, it an, it's quite an intense yeah. stress response. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I think for some people it might just seem like they're nowhere near ready for it. So I like to try rewind and find things that they are ready for mm. i love um the daily dose that's what i've kind of created this little plan called the daily dose go into that for so us <laughs> the uh, dose stands for dopamine oxytocin serotonin and the endorphins so there are happy hormones and chemicals um like dopamine for example we're used to getting that now from our phones so i'm encouraging people to get dopamine Away from their phones, go well, back from to like more natural. Yeah, yep. just completing a task, helping someone out, getting that yep. reward response, engaging like, with a loved one, sort of thing. Yeah, you nice. know, oxytocin. Yeah, um, human connection, touch, intimacy, that kind of thing. Um, endorphins, training, serotonin, sunlight. Like people, if people can get their daily dose from those natural methods, yep. it's a good place to start. How do you go about implementing that with your clients? Like, do you literally have like a a, a checklist where they're like D-O-S-C and they just tick them off each yeah. day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Shoot, and if we're just starting out, just shoot for one a day, you know, and then add another one. Yeah, if like, you've got someone else doing it with you, that's really helpful, yeah. Yeah, so one day you might do a D, one day you might do serotonin, one day endorphins, Yeah. the next day oxytocin, and then try and, you know, by the end of a few weeks or months, be ticking all four yeah. off every day. Yeah. yeah, it takes a bit of time, like dopamine, for example, because we are used to having it instantly now. We have to remember that it's not instant gratification anymore. It takes a little bit of effort. Yep, so you can't get your dopamine just by opening up Instagram and seeing you got a few likes and tick that one off. Yeah, like, yeah. Yep. you gotta you got to actually pick a task, for example, and do it. Yeah, Yeah. cool. I want to touch on sauna. Mm-hmm. Are you a bit more privy to sauna as opposed to ice bath? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. You knew I was going to say that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, I love the sauna. I yeah. just completely relax i love the feeling it gives me physically it's comforting yeah like i don't mind the sweat i don't find it uncomfortable at all so for me it's time you go in there i don't you don't take your phone you go in there and just enjoy that for me that comfort and complete relaxation Mm. 
And I think where people go wrong, and it's not necessarily going wrong with sauna, just me personally, I don't like to do it this way. They take their phone in, they scroll social media, mm. like whatever. And, then, and for me, it's a place where I like to get away from that and just be still for 30, 45, 60 minutes, however long you choose to do it. Yeah. And just be still and, you know, go within. And it's, it gets challenging. Like, mm. one, even if you're not in a 60 degree sauna, it gets challenging just sitting there doing nothing for however long. Yeah. But then combined with the fact that sauna is hard, it's not like an ice bath where it's like an instant, oh shit, like I'm going to die. It's a slow burn and I myself actually find sauna a lot harder than ice bath for that reason. Like it gets to the 30, 45 minute mark and you start really getting in your head. It's like, shit, how long am I going to have to push this till I die? How long am I going to push this till I actually pass out? And you're dripping in sweat and I love sauna, but like for me, I find it a lot harder than ice bath, Mm. like substantially. Yeah. Um, sauna benefits. Oh, people, you know, some people find it really, really helps with the recovery from sport. Um, for me, yeah, it probably just reduce soreness a little bit. Yeah. Um, sweating as well. I feel like I, I don't know how much we actually do detox from the sauna, yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it feels like it, doesn't it? That's like, it. And I'm the exact same. Like, I know, you know, when you read a thing on Instagram or you go to a sauna place and it says sauna benefits like detox, I know like deep down, like, I don't think that's actually true. No, we've but got I, a lymphatic I, system for that. Yeah, yeah, but I still like to think of myself when I'm in a sauna, like I'm getting all this shit out of me and like, yeah, yeah it's it's still nice. A nice placebo, which we might talk about it a bit yeah. later, placebo. Yeah, but it's um, also just time out for me. Um, sometimes we have to force ourselves to stop and like we were saying, like fill your cup, stop and mm. have time just you know, just being with yourself, um, take yourself away from the chaos. Um, people are not making time to do that. Yeah, but they'll find time to look at their phone for 20 minutes. I'm like, well, yeah. how do you feel after looking at your phone for 20 minutes as opposed to how do you feel if you go and do something, go for a walk, sit in the sauna? How do you feel after doing something like that? Literally. You've got time to look at your phone, you've got time to do that. And I still fall into that trap myself. Like, I'll be like, oh, I don't have time to meditate. I don't have time to journal whatever and then i would have spent the last 15 20 minutes on tiktok instagram whatever yeah. like shit that's time i could have been you know, yeah. putting into yeah. me well, instead of, instead of getting these cheap dopamine hits yeah well for people who say to me they don't have time i'm like well we all do you mm. can find that time even if it means getting up 15 minutes earlier like if you yep. lose 15 minutes sleep you're going to be okay get up 15 yep. minutes um earlier and put that time in that time for you is a health appointment, in my opinion. It's just as important as any other health appointment, like your GP, you're going to the gym or the dentist or the Cairo, whatever. It's just as important. So put it in your diary. Yeah, that's such a great it. perspective. And it's something I've started to incorporate. Like treat your gym sessions, your ice bath, your sauna, like your walks, meditation, whatever. Like treat it as if it's an appointment and it's booked in. Like book it into your Google calendar, your diary, and treat it as yeah. an appointment. Don't miss it. Like you can't, don't can't cancel on that. And you can use You'll it. get a cancellation fee. Yeah. <laughs> have you heard of the three, two, one method? No. Nah. So if you have something in your diary, um, like going for a walk or whatever, you make sure that your runners are on, you're ready to go. And when your alarm goes off or it pops up um, that appointment, you say three, two, one, go, and you go. Because within three, two, one, you don't have time. Your brain has, doesn't have time to talk yourself out of it. Otherwise you will talk yourself out of it. You go, oh, well, I'll just do yep. this. And, oh, no, I've run out of time now. I haven't got time. Here we go again. That's what I do with the ice path. Just three, two, one, in, go. Yeah. yeah. 
Because I, I literally, it's like, as much as I do it, I still get anxiety around doing the ice bath. Like, and I still try and talk myself out of it and like procrastinate and like put off getting in there. But yeah. you just got to do it. Yep. You got to do hard things. Mm. Um, do you have a sauna protocol that you follow? And I, yeah, there's hundreds of different methods, different temperatures, durations, etc. Is there one that you particularly follow yourself or you just... I, do, I like it as hot as... So I don't know what that goes up nah, to. No, it goes to 60. Yeah. I, wish, I wish it went up about 80, but... Yeah, as hot... That's as the job. Hot as I can get it. Yeah. I love the heat. Um, no, and I just use it for complete... Uh, I lie down in it and just... Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> completely zone out. Yeah. And yeah, there's, there's hundreds of different protocols that we could give to recommend what i do is i go for about 60 degrees again hot as it goes Mm. 30 45 minutes sometimes an hour if i've got the time yeah and then just try and sit with it breathe it's going to get stressful it's going to get uncomfortable but that's that hormesis that's conditioning your cells to actually dealing with stress Mm. because that's going to then have carryover to other stressful situations because as we said doesn't matter whether it's training stress you're fighting with a partner stressed about work the physiological responses are all the same. It's just those release of those hormones, cortisol, adrenaline, mm. increased blood pressure. It's all the same. Yeah. doesn't matter if you're in a sauna or an ice bath training. Mm. So if you can train your cells to deal with it in one situation, it will carry over to others. Mm. Um, so for me, my general rule of thumb when I'm in a sauna or an ice bath is I just go in there until I'm feeling uncomfortable, which in an ice bath is straight away. Yeah. In a sauna, it takes some time. Uncomfortable to the point where it's like, hmm, this is hard, and I want to get out of here pretty badly, but I can't stay in. Mm, yeah. And then anything beyond that, it's yeah. probably time to get out because, yeah, again, it's yeah. a stress and too yeah. much. It's not yeah. good. No, I mean it is going to build resilience, but you don't want to turn yourself off it as mm. well. So you don't yeah, that's a really good point. You, yeah, you don't want to push yourself too hard that you'd never want to do it again. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And the same goes with training, I guess, too. If someone's we call this like the accumulation of stresses. If someone's, you know, had some emotional stress going on, there they might have a little bit of an injury, might have been eating bad food, so they've got some nutritional stress, and then they go and flog themselves with training. Again, training is a huge stressor. Then you've got to be able to recover from all that, and a lot of people aren't quite doing that. Do you want to touch on recovery from stress? What, you mean acute or chronic? Like- um. Probably more acute, probably my bad wording. So things like such as sleep, water, yeah. nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. So um, nutrition, um, because stress is, uh, exercise is a stress, like we said. And um, we need to protect ourselves from a nutritional standpoint from that stress. So that means fueling yourself correctly for training and refueling correctly after training. Um the people who don't refuel after training really pay for it later on in the day. You know, they get hangry, they get tired. So that's a big crash, isn't it? Yeah. You, is, that, is that a blood, it's my obnoxiousness, is that a blood sugar thing or? Yeah, basically it's you, you've depleted your stores when you're training and if you don't refuel them, you're just going to crash through the rest of the day. And yeah, then makes when, sense. once we get tired and hangry, our food choices are going to change, right? Our body just yeah. wants energy now, so it's going to seek out. Possibly yeah. fast food, well, processed food, sugar, refined carbs, which is going to spike our blood sugar back up and we're just going to crash again the other side. And I've literally felt this in the last 48 hours. I've had that experience and downstairs from the Christmas party on the weekend, there's this big box of like a gingerbread house and I've yeah, pretty much ate an entire gingerbread house yeah. just chasing <laughs> that, that quick fix. Yeah. 
and then crashed even harder. So, yeah, we need to refuel after training to prevent that from happening and that keep our energy going for the rest of the day. Because, you know, if we train really hard and don't do that, we're just going to crash. And then our overall activity for the day, even though we've had a hard training session, overall our movement and activity level might have dropped through the floor mm. because we're smashed, don't eat, and then you end up on the couch the rest of the day. Yep. So we need to keep moving and you need the fuel to be able to do that. So That's a really great yeah. point. So nutritionally supporting our training. And then obviously hydration. Yeah, like. I was just about to say, how many of your clients drink two or three liters of water a day? Oh, they're getting better. Yeah, good. They're getting better. So good. I, I should, I'll change that wording. How many new clients come to you and are drinking two or three liters of water a day? Uh, hardly any. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have some clients that don't drink water. Oh, it's nuts. Oh my God. Yeah. I say, well, just start with a glass in the morning. Like start your day with water before, like hydrate. That's it. Hydrate before you caffeinate. That's it, a good another. One. It's that sort of like you don't want to turn them off at thing you discussed with the sauna. Like if someone's come to you and they don't drink any water, you don't want to like immediately say, right, I need you drinking three liters of water later in the morning. Later in no, they, the can, afternoon. they can't like, do it. You'll turn them off. Like, yeah, yeah, they can't do it. Start start in the morning with a glass of water. And the cool thing about once people start drinking more water is they their body responds by giving them thirst signals. So they wake up in the morning feeling thirsty and they want that water. So that's really good to see. Yeah. So if anyone is not drinking enough. So is that something? Sorry. Yeah. I just say start with that um, glass in the morning and then see, see how your body responds. So is that something you find in people that come to you and they say they don't drink water? They say that they're not thirsty? Because that's something I... Yeah. They're not... Th- but they're, they don't realise that they're existing in a state of chronic dehydration yeah they don't know actually how shitty it's making them feel until they're hydrated and they go oh my god i've got so much energy that's that's <laughs> crazy that you say that because yeah, we have a lot of people like in in their onboarding sessions they say like i'm, I'm just not thirsty i just don't drink water but that's just because they've lost that that signal for thirst yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, that's and it's so easy to get it back and in a few days that thirst signal comes back and it's great um sleep any tips for sleep oh, how do you gosh. go with your sleep um I'm sleeping like a baby at the moment. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Everyone says, oh, how much sleep should I be getting? It's different for everyone, really. Mm. Some people genuinely are okay on less sleep. Some people need a lot of sleep. And it changes through your life as well. Like, I was always a kind of need nine, ten hours. Like, that's what I needed to function well. Are you, are you just training at a high level of output? Or yeah, that, I yeah. think just... Yeah, I, I'm starting to think it has a bit more to do with, with age, I think. Because um, my life is just as busy now as it was when I needed that much sleep, but I just don't need as much sleep. So I'm kind of running just as well now on between seven and eight hours. Um, so it's just changing, just evolving. Um, but there's so many things you can do to improve sleep. Obviously, screen detox is where I like to start. Um you know, avoiding that blue light an hour before we go to sleep. Some so you're saying not scrolling social media in bed. Yeah. Excellent. T- don't even take your phone to bed. Like, mm. charge your phone in another room. Get an old-fashioned alarm clock if you need it. But keeping screen, like, no TVs in bedrooms. Um, no screens in your bedroom at all. Just reducing the blue light because that interferes with the release of melatonin, which is our sleepy hormone, and it's also a really powerful um, antioxidant. So we want melatonin. Um and then having the same bedtime routine as well, like set yourself up, like warm showers can help. Oh, yeah. Carbs are good for yep. helping you sleep. So don't be that person that doesn't want to eat carbs after six. <laughs> um, you said 
warm showers and something circling back to the ice bath thing like one thing that I tell the footy players that I work with and a lot of people that come into the gym is like if you love your ice bath your cold shower that's great but like don't do it so close to bedtime because that's a sharp sharp increase in that cortisol that's going to fuck with your ability to produce melatonin that's going to fuck with your ability to fall asleep or even if you do fall asleep have a really really restful and um regeneratively regenerative sleep Mm, yeah um some of the things I do that are a little bit left to field, but they like help me have a phenomenal night's sleep. Some nights <laughs> I, I really struggle with my sleep, but I actually they're targeted at snorers. I'm not. I don't think I'm a snorer. I, they're nasal strips, so they actually open up your nasal airway yep. and help you get through more air in through your nose. Which apparently breathing through your nose is going to help you stimulate that parasympathetic state a little bit better and help you just rest and recover and. You know, have a really deep and restful night's sleep. Mm. I um, I've swapped my my bedside lamp. I've swapped the light bulb out for a red light, mm. so that emits no blue light whatsoever. And like my reds, my bed rooms all red and mm. looking pretty cool at night. Yeah. And yeah, it's actually a really really relaxing vibe at night. Yeah. Well, same. Phones off on airplane mode because I like swear by white noise. I I got to sleep with my white noise on, and that comes through my phone, but. I'll whack that on an aeroplane mode. I won't be looking at that after a certain time. And then I'm one I like to I like to wind down by, by watching something. I used to have a bit of a nighttime routine where I'd, you know, phone would be off and I'd try and meditate and journal and like do some breath work. And I found I was really, really struggling to get to sleep. And what my coach said to me is like, it sounds like you're not switching off you're switching on and you're like doing all these chores before bed and it's almost becoming, you know, choresome. So what I found is I bought a pair of blue light blocking glasses, the ones with red lenses. Yeah. So they block out 100% of blue light and I just unwind with a really, really cruisy TV show. So that's something like The Simpsons or I'm really into Friends at the moment, How I Met Your Mother, just like a, a, a cruisy TV show. So not something like Breaking Bad that's going to get you amped up yeah. and stressed and up and about and keep you awake. And I find that I get halfway through a 20-minute episode and I'm like starting to melt and fall asleep yeah. and then I'm out like a light. So that's been – there's some of the things I'll do and they've been game changers for yeah, me. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I still struggle with sleep. Yeah. Um, you mentioned white noise. Have you heard of brown noise? Yeah, actually, when I said uh, it is actually brown noise, I just, oh, I just call it white noise. Yeah. 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 Brown noise is, a bit, is um, helping quite a few of my clients. People who say I can't meditate because I can't switch off. Mm. Whereas brown noise is a different frequency, isn't it? So they, it's really effective for um, ADHD. Yep. It just it. I've listened to it, and it's actually really hard to think about anything else while you're listening to that noise. Mm. So it does definitely quiet the mind. And like, I've slept with it for a long time, but I've never done meditation with it until literally a week or so ago. And like, I was. It was going so well that I'd literally fallen asleep during like five days straight of meditating. <laughs> so yeah. it, it worked too well. Yeah. But, but you've got to practice these things as well until mm. you find out what's right for you like you've done. Like if people just give it a crack one night, it doesn't work and give up. Oh, then, you know, that, you've got to stick with it for a few nights. It's the worst thing you could do. A few nights, like, yeah, I'd say like at least a month yeah. of nights, like yeah. really give it a good crack. And that's what I did with journaling before bed. And I did it for probably three or four months. But yeah, it got to the point where it was just a chore for me and I wasn't getting anything out of it. And that's not to say don't do journaling at all, but just perhaps do it in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and hey, doing it before bed might work for you. It yeah. just didn't work for me because I, 
you know, I'd be really tired and I've, I would have unwound and would be ready for bed and I'd get into bed and I was like, oh, shit, I haven't done my journal. And you get up and yeah. so, yeah, don't, don't become a slave to your habits. Figure out what works for you, but don't dismiss something after two nights of it not working for you. Like really lean into it and yeah. give it a good crack. And journaling I love in the morning actually because mm. – um, I ask people to set intentions. So it might only be a couple of lines in the morning, but, you know, set intentions. Pick a couple of things that you're going to do for yourself today that are going to make you feel good. And then late, at the end of the day, um, you can go back to that journal and reflect. So set intentions and then reflections at the end of the day. It doesn't um, have to be pages. Do you have any, like, sort of guided journaling tips? Because it's, it's like, you know, if there's a few ways you could do it, you could just do a big mind dump and just yeah. write or like there's also structured journaling as well. Like it, what do you have a preference it, for? It just depends on what's happening with that person on that day. So mm. yeah, if setting intentions, I love writing them down, makes you more accountable and more likely to happen. And then reflection at the end of the day, you can either, you know, you go back to the intentions and either give it a tick or a cross, mark it out of 10, how it made you feel. If your, if your mind is, you know, working overtime and it's full of chaos, then it, like a big mind dump is brilliant as well. Yeah. I love, um, Lockie touched on this as well recently, um, that writing list, that's great. And I actually get people to do it in practice with me when they're overwhelmed. It's like, okay, let's write a list of all the things that are worrying you. And now we're going to split it into a list of things you can control, a list of things you can't. list of things you can't, screw it up, throw it away. Lists of things you can. Okay, well, let's put them into priority order. What do you have to deal with right now? Okay, well, how are we going to deal with it? What can we deal with next week? You know, just yeah. break it down. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's something similar to what my coach said to me. He's like, literally write a list of all the things that are giving you grief or anxiety or stressing you at the moment and then make a little pie chart and then try and, like, you know, percentage out and section out how much each thing is giving you grief. Mm. Then a few dot points. Why is this thing giving me grief and anxiety? And then on the next one, what can I do about this? Is there anything I can do about it? If not, piss it off. Yeah, yeah. Lovely. Uh, any more on the journaling? Um, just give it, if you haven't given it a go, give it a go. Yeah. yeah. But go out there and treat yourself to a really nice book, you know. That's why I Yeah, go to Officeworks well. and get a real... Yeah, get yeah. a really nice one. Have it by your bed. Have it in your bag, whatever. Just mm. keep it with you and, and, and practice it before, before you decide whether or not it's worth, you know, going to work for you. Cool. Do you want to touch on your personal experiences with stress over the years and I guess how it's negatively affected you and then what you've done and how you've got to where you are now? Yeah. Well, I'd say the last um, three years have probably been the most stressful of my life. Um, so I had, you know, family breakdown and lost my dad and then COVID hit all, all in one fell swoop. So, um, and I also fell out of love with training. I just didn't have the energy. I don't think I had the men mental capacity. Because of the way I was feeling mentally, I had no energy either. So I quickly got into bad habits. So I wasn't training. So I wasn't getting my endorphins going. And then not I... Not getting your daily dose. No, not getting my daily dose at all. No. So it was really, really hard. Like everyone else found it, probably found it really, really hard to implement good habits during the lockdown so I didn't address or help myself to deal with any of the things that I've been through and I was using escapism so I was using my phone or I was turning to alcohol or just ignore suppressing everything that I should have been dealing with um and I actually think it caught uh, I think I was running on adrenaline and survival mode and then I think the last actually the last 
this year it finally caught up with me physically and my immune system was shot so people say oh maybe it's because we're in lockdown we weren't exposed to any germs and viruses I'm like well there's like six million germs and viruses on my dishcloth right yeah. here like I'm sure I was still exposed yeah, absolutely <laughs> you're still getting out in nature and going for walks yeah, yeah. so um, that's a good argument for another day like, yeah. you know, how much the lockdown impacted our immune system or was it the stress for me it was the stress oh yeah so this year I just had such a bad run of, of sickness and I just thought, you know, I've, I've got to sort myself out to get on top of this. So I just made myself accountable, you know, I was making sure the training happened, even though I knew there was going to be an interruption to that training. Like I had surgery a couple of weeks ago. I was like, no, it'd be so easy for me, for me to go, what's oh, the point? Th- there's going to be out. so many people that are just say, oh, I'll just wait till after surgery. Yeah. And I was like, no, because then it's going to be even harder to start up again afterwards. So I just had it, gave myself a good talking to basically and said, right, you're going to train, you're going to start drinking um, more water, you're going to start eating better. Because, you know, I talk to people about this all the time. I'm like, just practice what you preach. Um, Cut down alcohol massively, which has been a game changer. It was so easy at the end of the day to think a glass of wine was going to de-stress me and unwind. No, it actually wasn't. It was doing exactly the opposite. That's it. Like, it probably feels like it's making you unwind, but, you know, in reality, it's going to dehydrate you. That's going to mess with your sleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all those things. So Gut irritant. Yeah. I just, I I got so fed up of being sick all the time. I just had to take that action and um, now I'm feeling like a million bucks. Yeah. Nice. I'm just doing the things that I tell everyone else to do. <laughs> Practicing what you preach. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So we're coming into the crazy time of year. Mm. As we said at the start, it's a relaxing and great time of year to connect with those we love, but like uh, with it comes a lot of stress. Is there any piece of, or pieces of advice that you give the Virtus family and anyone listening to this podcast oh, for just, this time of year? You've just got to um, be a little bit selfish. And start putting yourself first. I mean, Christmas is a time where we just think about pleasing everyone else, the kids, the family, you know, with presents and food and our time. But we've got to take a step back and make sure, you know, looking at that period ahead, we've got time scheduled in there for yourself so you don't get burnt out. And is that like booking in the appointments, as we said? Yeah, keeping your routine, Mm. booking appointments and learn to say no. Yep. You know, if there's all these social events, if you if you don't want to go, if you're depleted, just say no. It's okay. If people are offended, that's their problem. That's their problem. Yeah. yeah. Like a, a good friend will understand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, someone that truly cares, or they'll yeah, they'll understand. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I've spoke, had a co- lot of conversations with people around alcohol at the moment. Um, you know, and and they really worry that when they go to a social event, people go, "Well, why aren't you drinking? Come yeah. on, have a drink. It's Christmas." Like just saying no thank you and if they yeah. have an issue with it that's probably because probably they wish they had that's, the power to do yeah, the same thing yeah they're jealous yeah that's it and that, that's something i've found that i've gotten a bit older like your friends aren't gonna care that much your real friends aren't gonna care that much if you're no. not drinking or you go home early or you don't go to an event it's more of like a because it hasn't been this long ago since i've experienced that it's more of like a you know a teenage or early a really, really early adulthood, like 18 to 21-year-old sort of thing where mm. people get the shits if you're not drinking or not coming out. But yeah. once you grow up, like, people yeah. don't care. Just, you know, have a look at your people-pleasing, you know. Yeah. You're trying to people-please a bit too much. Like, your real friends 
will support you if you don't want to stay up all night and drink. Well, yeah, yeah. And that, that's something I found during the lockdown of 2021 that I sort of really, really – because well, I was – I'd just moved to Mornington, so I was away from, like, all my friends that were over in Geelong and Ballarat and Hamilton Melbourne and everywhere, so I was completely on my own, just went into lockdown. So I thought, oh, well, I'm not going to be spending money on going out or seeing my friends. I'm over here on my own. I may as well – so for three months I just dialed right into my health and I was like, no alcohol, just everything – clean and organic and you know there were times where I did sneak over to Geelong or up to Ballarat or the city or wherever to see my friends and that they were all completely supportive of the fact that I wasn't you know doing anything harmful to my body in that time yeah that's yeah your, your true friends will they get will. around you yeah, yeah they will and if they don't then yeah piss them off piss them off yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. lovely I agree anything more we haven't touched on <sighs> I think yeah I can't think of anything off the top of my head but um yeah just, just keep, tr- just yeah. Take a step back every now and again. That's what I say to people. Mm. And pay attention how you're breathing. Pay attention to your calendar. Does it stress you out to look at it? You know, where can you re- where can you reduce stress? Remove some stress even better. Yeah, yep. especially this time of year. Yeah, you, you, it's not your responsibility to please everyone. That's Excellent. what I'd yeah. summarize with. Yeah. Stop people pleasing. Say mm. no. Mm. Your friends will understand. Yeah. Lovely. Have a very, very Merry Christmas. Claire, what are you doing you. for the Christmas period? Just hanging out, not going anywhere, just hanging out at home with the kids. Yeah, good. hoping for some good weather. Still got a full house? Still seven kids. Yeah, they'll all be with us for Christmas, which is pretty cool. Yeah, Excellent. lots you've, of fun. You've just had a fair bit of family down. Are they all back yeah, home now? Yeah, so my partner turned 50 and I surprised him with getting 10 of his family over from around the world. So it was pretty epic. They're not hanging around for Christmas? No. No. Uh, my mother-in-law is. Yeah, yeah. she's here. She's nice. she's a great help. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Very lovely to have you back on the podcast again. Thanks for having me. Uh, this will just about be the end of season three, but season four we'll definitely get you back on and cool. talk whatever you want. Yeah. Well, have a good Christmas. You too. Been a pleasure.